Did you see that Elon Musk has implanted his Neuralink brain chip? I have. Into a human for the first time. It begins. Here we go. Good for the first person to volunteer for that. Not something I'd do. Yeah. I wonder if they're just a curious person, a selfless person who wants to donate their body to science, or if they had like a serious neurological disease. Because like when there's a new medicine out and somebody volunteers for it, then I, if I had that disease, I would volunteer, like volunteer right. my body. If it was your only chance or something. Yeah. If you had a terminal illness and yeah. they said, "Well, this might work," well, worth Sign a me shot. Up. Yeah. So Elon made the big announcement Monday on X, formerly Twitter said things are looking good. Uh, initial results show promising neuron spike detection. Which, Sounds good. Yeah, which I guess is good. Uh, what the brain chip is for, it's to communicate with your com- computer, basically, right? So you can use your computer. Your computer becomes an extension of your brain, and it enables control of your phone or your computer, almost any device, just by thinking about it. Elon Musk says, imagine if Stephen Hawking could communicate faster than the speed of a typist or an auctioneer. That's the goal. Now, given what we've learned recently about Stephen (laughs) Hawking, I don't know if that... We need to slow the guy down. (laughs) That is the best example. Slow your roll, Steven. (laughs) (laughs) When's Jeffrey picking me up on the airplane? Oh, my God. You can name any other person in that situation. (laughs) Well, there's not many, but... it, the, the the fact like it is scary, but that part is cool. Like it could seriously help people who are disabled. Yeah. Oh, so the the first human trial is someone who has lost use of their limbs. So there somebody, yeah, just like we said, somebody has volunteered to give it a shot. I mean, if there's a chance it could improve their life, why wouldn't you? It, it is interesting though, because I mean, the first cell phone came out what 1980. And then now look at like 30 years go by where everybody is looking at them constantly and it's a huge part of everybody's life, life basically. So how quickly will this turn into, it could just, it could, it could be, it could not catch on maybe, but as as soon as somebody has an advantage over somebody else, everybody's going to jump in. Yeah. You say now, oh, I'd never put a chip in my brain. Give it 30 years. You probably, I bet you a bunch of athletes said, I'd never put steroids in my body. Right. I'm an honor, too honorable for that. And then as soon as you see another guy who can jump higher than you. Well, it's like I said, I'd never get Botox. But now that I'm <laughs> in my mid-40s, I'm sure. starting to think about it. <laughs> Technology's there. Got those lines on my forehead that just won't go away. <laughs> His uh, headline made me chuckle. Remember we were talking a while back about uh, a study that was done. It found that 6% of Americans think they could beat up a grizzly bear in a fight? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very confident. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is in the same vein. Headline is, 42% of people think they could negotiate peace with aliens. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually more reasonable. Because, because only because only because we don't know what the aliens are. They could be super nice and they could be terrible negotiators and very easy to get along with. That's the only thing because they likely won't be. But we know how vicious a bear is, a hundred percent, and you can't win a fight. But the fact that we don't know what aliens would be, what they would be like, what abilities they would have, uh, what form they would arrive in. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make the percentage go down? 
If it's the percentage of any human, could any human do it? Like this if was it, you. If not this you, This was Tash. people who think they could negotiate peace with aliens. 42%. Yeah, yeah. You said, come on. <laughs> <laughs> come on, guys. What are you doing? Come on. Let's let's have a cold beer yeah. and talk, talk this one out, guys. Do you guys have beer on Mars? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I I don't think I probably if if they were like advanced evil aliens from the movie, and then they're far more uh, intellectually. Yeah, can they advanced, read your mind? Yeah, you're then you're screwed. Are they like the aliens from Mars Attacks? That's what I'm picturing. Where you walk up to them and they seem yeah, peaceful, yeah. and you you try and negotiate. Hey, welcome to our planet. We want to make you feel comfortable here, and then they just pull out their gun, yeah, <laughs> and blast you away. They could, be like that. but they could also be the aliens from Space Jam, and they could be very dumb. <laughs> you know what I mean? And maybe we could trick them. The monsters? Yeah, they're like little. I mean, when they steal the bodies of the basketball players, they're huge and intimidating. But before that, they're just little and dumb. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess if as long as you can have access. To Michael Jordan and some of the best basketball players of all time, you could probably negotiate something. <laughs> New trailer came out yesterday for the next Ghostbusters movie, Frozen Empire. And you got a lot of the original cast returning, including Bill Murray. We're going to need all the help we can get. Let's get to work. It's all dark and horny at 12 o'clock. Oh, that's so Peter Venkman. Always <laughs> quipping. <laughs> he is a quip machine. <laughs> but the the uh, surprise appearance in the trailer that everyone's talking about is the return of Walter Peck. You remember the jerk in the first Ghostbusters from the environmental agency that's trying to shut down the Ghostbusters because of the containment unit and he yeah. accidentally lets all the ghosts out? He is in this new Ghostbusters film. Yeah, I've been okay. waiting 40 years for this. They called themselves Ghostbusters. According to these hacks, they saved the world. No eyewitnesses. You have a miner hanging out the side of a moving vehicle, firing a laser gun indiscriminately. Has a proton pack. It's completely safe. I wouldn't say completely safe. The Ghostbusters are finished. William Atherton is the actor who played uh, Walter Peck in Ghostbusters, and... I'm excited to see him in another movie because he kind of disappeared. But back in the 80s, if you needed a guy with a punchable face, <laughs> like a hateable villain in a movie, he was your go-to guy. He was the um, the reporter in Die Hard as well. The smarmy yes. reporter. And Die Hard 2, he was stuck on the airplane with John McClane's wife. Okay, yes, yes. I watch Die Hard every Christmas, and yeah, he like sticks his foot in the door. Like he's going to the one person's house. I forget, but yeah, he's so hateable in that movie. He's like, he. it's funny because you hate him more than Hans Gruber. Him and the police <laughs> chief, you end up hating more than the actual terrorist. <laughs> We've posted a picture of his punchable face on the Taz and Jim Facebook page and asked the question, who is the most hateable villain in movies hmm. that's good i have an idea for one because like this guy there's more evil ones like in like movies where they're actually a super villain but uh, mo hateable shooter mcgavin from yeah. happy gilmore has always got under my skin maybe it's because i know a couple guys kind of like that right maybe that's what it is but Shooter McGavin, for me, is one of the most hateable people of all time on TV movies. Suggestions, answers coming through here. Ben Affleck in Dazed and Confused. 
Yeah, he's kind of like the bully guy in that movie. With the paddle picking on the young kids. So satisfying, though, when he gets the paint dumped on him and he's kicking stones. Well, that's what that's what's great about these characters when they get their comeuppance at the end of the film, mm-hmm. whether it's a whole bunch of marshmallow goo landing on their head. <laughs> that's going to be a mess to clean. <laughs> or they end up dying. Or they uh, gain hundreds of pounds like Ben Stiller in Dodgeball. Yeah, classic. Tim Roth and Rob Roy. Liam Neeson cuts him in half at the end of the movie. Hmm. I cheered out loud. <laughs> Love Tim Roth, but I've never seen that movie. The Principal from The Breakfast Club. Oh, yes. Yeah, so hateable. Kathy Bates in Misery. Um, Nurse Ratched from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. That might be an all-time great. She is, uh, like, you're squirming in your seat anytime her smug face is on the screen. Mm -hmm. She's fantastic. When Gene Hackman plays a bad guy, he always does a great job. Coincidentally, today, Gene Hackman's birthday. 94 years old. Gene. Unforgiven. He was a great bad guy in that movie. Just a perfect role for him. Just the look of his face. I don't know. Whatever it is, it just works perfectly. And a spoiler alert, he gets what's coming to him at the end of the <laughs> yeah, film. Yeah. Fun little shadow play, let's just say. <laughs> I can't lie. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Who do you trust? It is time for Who Do You Trust here. Our contestant today is Roy. How you doing, Roy? I'm doing amazing, actually. Are you a big Phil Collins fan? Absolutely. Phil Collins is 73 years old today. Each of us have a fact about this legendary vocalist drummer, and one of us is telling the truth. You've got myself, Taz, Jim Kelly, and our producer, Ryan, who's on the line. Hey, Ryan. Hey, guys. Okay, Jim, what is your fact? Listen carefully, Roy. Remember, you got to figure out who's not lying to you here. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Phil joined Genesis later in Genesis's run. And his, they're actually. Originally, it was, uh, what's his name there? Old, old, old funny face, you know. <laughs> no, Peter Gabriel was That's the right. original lead singer of Genesis. Yeah, yeah. Um, and two amazing solo artists too. Anyway, Phil Collins, uh, the first show they did he did with Genesis was in Canada. It was actually in Ontario, specifically Brantford, Ontario. And a few years later, uh, they did a interview in Rolling Stone magazine and said, "Why did you choose this obscure? Like, why choose Brantford, Ontario, uh, as a place for your first show?" And he said, "Quote: We wanted to do a show that." If it was a disaster, no one would hear about. And who the hell's ever heard of Brantford, Canada? Wow. Burn. A bit of a burn from Phil. Yeah. But it worked out for him. But so that worked. was his first show as a lead singer of Genesis yes. in Brantford. Okay. Ryan, what is your fact about Phil Collins? So back in 1987, Phil Collins was sued by a man from Illinois who was injured in a really bad car accident. Uh, Apparently, the man had lost control of the car while he was air drumming along to In the Air Tonight, and he argued that the song was so catchy that it was impossible to keep your hands on the wheel during the drum fill. Judges, I think he's got a point. (laughs) So he, he caused a car accident and then sued Phil Collins because he was air drumming in the car? 
That sounds Absolutely. ridiculous. <laughs> Seems silly, Roy, don't you think? Uh, I don't know about that one. Here is the truth about Phil Collins. Apparently, he's got a good sense of humor and he loves video games because Phil Collins is a character that appears in Grand Theft Auto Vice City, one of the Vice City games. Phil Collins is not only a character in the game, but a character you could actually kill. Uh-oh. And people would ask him, do you have a problem with the fact that people are murdering you in this video game? And he said no. That was his decision. They asked him, like, do you mind if <laughs> you can shoot, like, lights out and they fall on Phil's drum kit as he's playing? <laughs> and, they, <laughs> and you can kill Phil Collins in the video game Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Now, who do you trust? Is it myself, Taz, with the video game fact? Is it Jim, Brantford, Ontario, first time singing with Genesis? Or is it Ryan, guy sued him because, man, you can't. Keep your hands on the wheel during those drums in, in the air tonight. What do you think, Roy? Well, I think, Taz, I think you're lying. Jim, I think you're lying, too. Um, I'm going to go with Ryan. Ryan is a oh! filthy liar. Have you learned nothing oh. listening to the show? Yeah, never you trust can't Ryan. trust Ryan. We call him Lion Ryan around here. <laughs> oh, come on. Oh, no. Jim, were you telling the truth? I was, no, I wasn't telling the truth. Close, kind of, because it was London, Ontario was the Genesis first show. Yeah, that's Phil pretty Collins. crazy. Phil Collins' first time singing publicly with the band Genesis was a concert in the old... Ice House in London, Ontario, Canada. But the truth is that if you play Grand Theft Auto Vice City Stories, there's a whole story arc where Phil Collins is a character in the game and you can kill him. What an honor. <laughs> the, the missions surrounding his storyline are actually called Kill Phil. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see you peacock. It's sports time. Devin Peacock, our sports guy, joins us in studio. So which one of us are you taking to Super Bowl in Las Vegas, Dev? I hear you've been shopping for some tickets. I have been shopping for some tickets, and I'm taking neither of you guys Aww. because it's too expensive uh, to bring you guys. Uh, tickets on TickPick are averaging $9,800 right now. If you are going to TickPick to look at prices, be careful. Make sure you enter the right website in there. Yeah. <laughs> Old tick pick. I got some unsolicited tick picks. $9,800 for that? So $9,800. That's the average price. That's the average price. That's almost double what they were going for last year between the Eagles and uh, the Chiefs. Now, that game was in Glendale, Arizona. This year's game is in Las Vegas, so I think Las Vegas is factoring into that. No offense mm -hmm. to Arizona, but Las Vegas is a bit uh, glitzier, a lot funner uh, to visit. <laughs> <laughs> you think <laughs> it will be? I think it'll be a Super Bowl of the stars. I think there'll be a lot of there always is a lot of celebrities, but when it's in Vegas, it seems like it's going to be even more yeah, so. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of celebrities there, but you know, maybe if you are going to go to the uh, to the Super Bowl, you are going to spend ninety eight hundred dollars, and that's just the average. So that means there are people paying more than that. That uh, if you are going to be going, maybe you can try and win your money back at the casino. That's always uh, that's always a foolproof plan, right? <laughs> I follow this professional gambler on Instagram, and he posted this yesterday. Super Bowl Chiefs versus 49ers, 
two tickets, $225,000 for you and a friend. Right at the 50-yard line, though, 28 seats back from the field. That's not great, is it? (laughs) You get field credentials to go on the field before and after the game, a champagne toast with the championship team, Champions Club free party inside the stadium, and high-end Wagyu crab legs, food and alcohol before and after the game. Hmm. Is there any way you could eat enough of anything (laughs) in a four-hour span to make it worth $225,000? Absolutely not. (laughs) Also, it's weird for the team that that wins it that you got these randos now. Yeah, I don't like that. You can pay your way to storm the field. (laughs) But what if you get to do a champagne toast with... Taylor, no, it's, it's cool for the person who gets to do it. Number one, because they're rich, but also like I want to see the family and friends. Not some. I don't want to see Pitbull or Salt Bay running on <laughs> just because they could afford it. Maybe you, if the Chiefs win, maybe you get in with the Kelsey brothers and you can uh, be on their Best podcast. Friends. Yeah, they're <laughs> always sure uh, they're always looking for guests for their podcast and new new content. So we're not all pitching in for this. No, no, <laughs> never. You have to come back with a pants full of Wagyu beef if you're going <laughs> to make it worth it. There is no way that is worth it in any way, shape, or form. Jim has been working hard in the recording studio. Sounds like he, he may be uh, lining up songs for an album or an EP here. You've got a couple parody songs. <laughs> That you've been sitting on. Yeah, yeah. I got a parody EP in the works. You know me. <laughs> and you, uh, you're going to un- unveil one of these songs to the Taz and Jim listeners right now. Yes, I was talking to our radio friend Matt Weaver, who works uh, for Country 104. He's a country guy. We were talking about groceries and stuff like that, and we eventually came up with this song. If you don't know who's I'm parodying here, Morgan Wallen. I just found out who this Morgan Wallen guy is. He's the biggest guy in country. <laughs> Last night we let the liquor talk. Oh, I've heard that song. Yeah, yeah. It's a pretty big hit. Okay, so it's that song, <laughs> yes. and it's about high prices at the grocery store. Yeah, basically we wrote this once. Lobla said they were taking away the 50% uh, stickers. Me and Matt Weaver got very mad. We love discount meat. <laughs> and it turned into this song. Last night I got some sticker shock Went to buy a couple groceries It cost a hundred bucks And even now paper bags are costing me 15 cents Cause of course I forgot my cloth bags at home again Oh baby it was last night A grocery trip Paid for the chips with how to skip the dip And at the self-checkout I couldn't believe it When the screen asked for a 15% tip Now I used to buy food I don't need But since 2023 I can no longer afford almonds or cheese Yeah baby last night I got some sticker shock Went to buy some chicken, it was priced like filet mignon I don't know what I can buy to make my stomach full I guess for dinner I'll just be eating dry cereal That was my move in college when I was broke. (laughs) The problem is, have you been down the cereal aisle lately? That's a good point. There's now $8 (laughs) a box of cereal. Yeah, you really got to wait until the the two-for-one or three-for-one sales hit. Try to get one for four ninety nine at best, maybe. <laughs> That's funny. 
Discount Meat can be the name of the album. <laughs> <laughs> Just got a text message here. You can call or text the show anytime. one 829 6546 That's one 833 Jim. We were talking about the average price for a Super Bowl ticket in Las Vegas. $9,800. Hmm. And one of our listeners says, guys, remember, those are American dollars, too. Oh, yeah. Man. So that VIP package I, I saw advertised was $225,000 for two tickets on the 50-yard line. That's over $300,000 Canadian. Do you think my wife would be mad if I refinanced the, the house? <laughs> Hey, what happened to her house? Oh, honey, I, you know, I just had to go eat Wagyu beef <laughs> and look at Taylor Swift from a different de- a distance. It's a team of destiny, honey. T Swift is there. Uh, that's wild. Some, it'd be, it'd be, some people have money, I guess. Yeah, some people have money, and you know, we said something similar before. But if it was, let's say, the Lions at the Super Bowl, and you could guarantee that they would win. And you could watch them win, then ten thousand dollars for even a guy who was making an average salary could potentially be worth it because he saw that moment that he's been right. waiting for for forty years. But I just if you paid that money and then your team lost, my God, <laughs> you paid to be tortured. I went to a Super Bowl. I had the opportunity to go to a Super Bowl. A friend of mine worked at a bar. This is early two thousands. It was in Miami. I don't even remember who was playing. Um, but we went down there and we hawked our tickets, didn't even go to the, the Super Bowl, ended up watching the game at Hooters and we thought we made out like bandits. We sold the tickets, $1,200 a piece. Still, still awesome. That like, was 20 years ago. That was ago. all profit? $1,200. So that was 2,400 bucks. Yeah. Thought we, like, what a couple of suckers. I can't believe they paid over $1,000 for those Super Bowl tickets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Paid for your trip, basically. <laughs> paid for the trip. Stayed an extra week, right? Yeah. But, any <laughs> but, regrets? Well, now it's like, I, I think that was my one opportunity to go to a Super Bowl, so I probably should have gone yeah. because I'm definitely not paying $10,000, <laughs> and it seems like the price just goes up every year. Yeah, it's yeah, it's not going to get easier to go to Super Bowls. Man. You probably thought, you know, 20 years ago, I'll probably go, I'll probably have an opportunity to go to every other Super Bowl, maybe every <laughs> third, you know, whatever, I'll sell these ones. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. 